We're in a series called People Skills, and I want to look at Mark chapter 2, and I'm going to read the first five verses of Mark chapter 2. The Bible says this, a few days later, when Jesus had entered into Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. So this is, uh, Capernaum was Jesus's home um, ministry operation. It's where he ministered from. It's where he lived. It's where his house was. And um, he is now at his house, and the people have gathered to hear him teach. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door, as he preached the word of God to them. Then some men came um, bringing a man paralyzed, carried by all four of them. And since they could not get to him uh, because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man, your sins are forgiven. Um, I've kind of got a, a, a title today that I got to tell you, as a preacher, I'm always really excited about my titles, and I'm always really working through my titles, and I always feel like my titles are a really big deal, because um, I feel like I'm trying to reference them throughout the message, and so, so for me, it's like really in my psyche, but I really feel today like I didn't come up with a title. I really felt like the Lord dropped a little phrase in my heart. Uh, before I wrote the talk, I got the title. And I'm just saying that to say I'm not, this isn't clever or cute, and it's also not, I'm not trying to be over-spiritual. I really feel like God has a word for us today. And so here's my title. I'm setting this up. I, I don't know if it's going to be very impressive, but I want to talk about the supernatural power of friendship. The supernatural power of friendship. You go, Chabin, wow. Are you kind of trying to oversell this? I'm really not. But I really do believe there is something supernatural whenever the right people get connected. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you're speaking to us now. We lean into this moment, and we believe that, um, Lord, you're, you're about to drop something in our heart that could literally change us forever. Um, Lord, I, I thank you for those of us in the room, those of us online who um, right now have great friendships, and for those of us that feel very lonely, I, I pray that today would be a day of wisdom, to not only protect the relationships we have, but um, Lord, some wisdom today to enter in to some relationships that could really move us forward. I pray all this in Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. amen. And so I keep going back to Genesis chapter 2, when God said, it is not good for man to be alone. This is his first, it is not good. He has said, it is good, it is good, it is good throughout the entire creation account, but he, he is now saying, it is not good. And here is what is not good. Good. It is not good for you to be alone. Now, this is not a marriage scripture alone. This is a life scripture. This is a, this is a life reality. You can't do this. You were not created to do this alone. You need community. You need family. You need friendships. You, you, are, you are not going to fulfill all that God has for you by yourself. And so I always like to say this, that a good friend is a courage giver, a prayer warrior, and a truth teller. And I've talked about this in the past before, but I just want to remind you again, you, you've got to be surrounded by a couple of people that are courage givers, 
prayer warriors and truth tellers. You need some people in your life who could tell you the truth. You need some people in your life that can lay hands on you and pray and, and speak the word of God over you. And uh, you, you need some courage givers, some people who will encourage you along the journey. And when you have these kind of people in your life, I'm just telling you, nothing is impossible. But anytime we're missing these elements from our life, we're, we're not going to be able to fulfill what God has for us. Never forget this. God is a God of seasons. He's a God of places. He's a God of people. This is, this is how he operates. And so it is so important that you understand his timing, his season for your life. It's so important that you're in the right place. And it's so important that you're connecting to the right people. And I've seen so many people throughout their lives, when, when any of these um, are out of alignment, when any of these are being ignored, people usually begin to go down the wrong path because they no longer have the right people in their life. They, they, they're no longer in the right place that God has for them or they've gotten impatient with God's timing and they start to try to force something uh, that, that God isn't doing yet. And so it, this, is, this is who God is. This is how God operates. And this is why it is so important Listen, when you connect to the right people, the right things will begin to happen, period. This is, this is just a principle of God. It is not good for you to be alone. We need friendships. We need spiritual family. We need community. One of the reasons that this is so important is because of this awesome principle called the Johari window. Now, I won't go too long into this. But the Jahari window was a, um, a study done years and years ago that talks about our arena, our blind spot, our facade, and our unknown. The arena of your life is the things that I see and you see. There, there are things in our life that are in the arena. Everyone can see them. You can see them and I can see them. But then there's the blind spot. The blind spot is the area of the things that you can see that I cannot see. Then there's the facade. Those are the things that I see that I don't want you to see. And then there is the unknown. The unknown is that mystery of life where we're still growing and still becoming who God has called us to be and who God is calling us to become. And the reason we need friendships is because we need people in every one of these areas that is either encouraging or correcting or helping or guiding these areas so that our arena is healthy, our blind spots are being corrected, our facade is being challenged, and then we have great relationships in our life that are helping us discover the unknown areas, unknown strengths, unknowns part of our life. And none of this can happen. None of this can happen alone. You cannot correct a blind spot alone. You're never going to be encouraged about your arena, your strengths alone. You're never going to deal with your secrets alone. And you're never going to grow into the unknown strengths that you have alone. I'm talking about the supernatural power of friendship. So let me just, let me just give you this. Number one, you need friends. You need friends. I wish that was more spiritual. I wish I, wish I had a better way to say it. I just got to tell you, you need friends. And here's why you need friends, because in verse 3, the Bible says they carried the man. Eventually, you're going to need someone to carry you. Eventually, you're going to need to borrow some courage. 
Eventually, you're going to need to borrow some faith. Eventually, you're going to need to borrow some prayer. Eventually, you're going to need to borrow some praise. In other words, whenever you are broken, whenever you are hurting, whenever you are down, you're going to need some people to pick you up and carry you. Oh, never me, Jabin. I've got everything I need. I'm strong. I'm, I'm just telling you, there are going to come points in your life that people are going to have to carry you, and that is not wrong It is actually a gift from God. People who will carry you, people who will counsel you, people who will correct you, people who will encourage you, people who will help you. We're going to need people in our life, just like this man, to carry us on certain days and certain seasons of our life. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11. Therefore, encourage one another. Build each other up just as, in fact, you are doing. I need people to encourage, people to build, and people to do. Just think about this. You should be a person of encouragement, a person of building, and a person of doing. And eventually in your life, you're going to need someone to encourage you. You're going to need someone to build you up. You're going you're to need someone to come alongside of you and help you on this journey. You can't do it alone. You need other people. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 says, two are better than one. For they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm if you're married. Amen. But how can one be warm alone? Well, if you're single, you're just going to have to be cold. Okay, amen. Verse 12, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two can stand back to back and conquer. Look at this. In order for you to conquer, you're going to need somebody. You cannot conquer the enemy alone. Three are even better, for a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. We need each other. Proverbs 11:14. I'm just going to bomb you with some scripture real quick. Where there is no guidance, a people fall. But in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. There is something safe about counsel. There is something safe about correction. There is something safe about someone challenging you, encouraging you, loving you, praying for you. You need it. You can't do this alone. Yesterday, I got a, I got a call from a, a, one of my best friends. He's a pastor. He's having to make some really big decisions in his life right now. And he called me. And he said, hey, I've, I've talked so far today with this guy, this guy, and this guy. I talked to three other guys. And he said, I'm not telling you what they've said. And I want you to just, I want you to hear what I'm going through. And I want your wisdom. And so he shared with me what he's going through. I shared what I believe uh, was wisdom from, from the word of God and from what I was feeling in my heart. And he said, all four of you guys totally agree. Um, and... That's exactly what my wife and I feel as well. Now he can make a decision in the multitude of counselors. He's, he's now safe. And here's what he said. He said, in the past when I made big decisions, I've made them alone. And he said, I just refuse to do this alone. I need counsel. You need counsel. We need counsel. You need friends. Number two, your friends matter. So it's, it's not just to have friends, 
who you are friends with matters. Here's what the Bible says about this man's friends. They They tore a hole in the roof. You need some roof-tearing friends. You need some whatever it takes to get to Jesus friends. You need some, I have not seen you in church in two weeks. I don't know what's up with you, but I'm picking you up, kicking and screaming, we're going to church. You're going to group. I don't care if you have a bad attitude. I don't care if you sulk through the whole thing. You're going to come to small group with me. You've got to have some roof-tearing friends who will tear a roof to get you to where you need. You need the right friends. <laughs> friends who will get you to Jesus. Friends who will grab me, carry me, and get me into the presence of God. Listen to me. I've said it before. I'm going to say it again, and I'm going to say it a million more times. Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. Who are the three closest, four closest, five closest people in your life? I've got news for you. That's a mirror. That is a mirror. So you better choose your friends wisely because they are a mirror of where you're going. If you don't like where they're at, you better be careful because that's where you're going. Now, that, this isn't just some cute thing I'm talking about. I mean, this has been proven this is, this is an absolute undeniable reality that the closest people in my life are shaping me and are directing me. Like an elevator, they're taking you up or they're taking you down. But, but, but you're going to go somewhere. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Let me just go a little further. Let me talk to parents really quick. Show me your kids' friends and I'll show you their future. Well, I can't, I can't control every waking moment. No, you can't. You can't control what's happening at school, but you can control everything that happens after school. You are not your kid's friend. And you must dictate the friendships that your children have. I'm just telling you right now, um, as Goldie gets older, She's not going to do a lot of sleepovers at people's houses. I'm just telling you. You want to you hang with your friends? They can come to my house. Right. Amen. They're not, I'm not, I, I, I see things parents post and I go, nope, Goldie won't roll with those kids. Because if that's the ideology, if that's the thinking, if that's the theology, if that's, the, that's going to be how they believe, then I'm not going to have Goldie around that. I, I, I am responsible. Show me your kids' friends and I will show you their future. And so we, we must, I'm just telling you, you have to embrace this as a reality for your life. Your friends matter. Your kids' friends matter. The environments you allow your children to go into matter. And that's why I think it's just a great principle to live by. If, you, if, if your kids want to hang out and have sleepovers, do it at your home. Where you're filled with the Holy Spirit and you know the Word of God and you're going to sleep with one eye open that night and you're going to make sure that Nothing too crazy happens. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33. Don't be misled. Don't be misled. Hey, don't be misled. <laughs> I don't know. Just don't be misled. <laughs> Bad company corrupts. Corrupts, destroys, damages, and defiles good character. 
It doesn't happen in a moment, but over time, it damages. Over time, it defiles. Over time, it destroys. It doesn't happen in a second, but it happens in seasons. Bad company corrupts good character. So the right person in the wrong environment will become the wrong person. The right person in the wrong environment. Our environments matter. Our relationships matter. How about Proverbs 27, verse 5? Better is an open rebuke than hidden love. Wounds from a friend can be trusted. In other words, truth-telling. But an enemy multiplies kisses. Just because they're kissing you does not mean they're your friend. Let me even go further. Just because they're good to you does not mean they're good for you. Well, they give me attention. Well, they're always available. Well, they're always available because they don't have a job. (laughs) They're always available because they're lazy. They're always available because they're living off somebody else. Just because they're good to you doesn't mean they're good for you. Oh, man, they just, they give me so much attention. Maybe you have an insecurity problem. Maybe that speaks more to you than to them. Just because they're good to you does not mean they're good for you. (sighs) Am I helping anybody right now? Give me an amen, somebody. Give me an amen. All right, all right. Listen, as iron sharpens iron, this is now Proverbs 27, verse 17. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. That's who I want to be around. I want to be around people that are helping me level up. Listen, we usually choose friends based off of convenience and availability. I am so helping somebody right now. (laughs) Instead of surrounding ourselves with the right people. We usually choose friends. Well, they're available. Well, they can hang. We choose friends off of convenience and availability. If you're choosing your friendships based off convenience and and availability, you will choose the wrong friends. Instead of surrounding ourselves, because here's here's the reality. If you're going to surround yourself with the right people, they're going to have a job. They're going to be busy. They're going to work hard. They're going to be focused on their family. So it's actually going to be harder to build those friendships. You're going to have to plan out weeks in advance. You're going to have to think about this. The, The right people are doing the right things and when they're doing any, at least they're doing something, which is gonna make the friendship, the friendship's gonna take more work. And here's the problem. If you choose your friends that way, that is how you will choose your boyfriend and girlfriend. So now we start dating based off of convenience. Now we start dating based off of availability. Well, they're free and I'm free, so I guess that's not how you choose someone. Well, they're breathing and I'm breathing. Well, they're available and I'm, well, they're bored and I'm bored. See, we choose the wrong friends and then we wonder why we choose the wrong spouses. The, The best thing you can do, if you're single, the best thing you can do for your future marriage is have great friendships right now. Because within the right friend group, you'll find the right one. 
But within the wrong friend group, you're going to find the wrong one. I'm just telling you, this, it, it's all layered and it's all connected. And I have to find the right people. Man. Okay. Proverbs 17, 17. A friend loves at all times. And a brother is born for a time of adversity. Born for adversity. That's the kind of friend you want. Born for the fight. Born for the battle. Born for the struggle. You want people of character. That, that's who you're looking for. You're, you're, looking, you're looking for people. I love this from uh, Walter Winchell. A real friend is the one who walks in when the rest of the world walks out. Born for adversity. Character. Character. Integrity. Loyalty. I'm thinking of what Ruth told her mother-in-law. Your people are going to be my people. Your enemies are going to be my enemies. Your God is going to be my God. There's just some, you got to have the right friends. Now, some of you are going, oh my God, okay, I need better friends. What do I do? I got the wrong friends. I know it right now. I'm dating the wrong person. Here I am sitting with them right now. I know they're not right for me. <laughs> There'll be some awkward conversations, I hope, after this service. Amen. So, so how do you find them? Well, Dr. Mike Duffy says that one of the best ways to find good friends. By the way, this is not a Christian, and this is from a TED Talk. This is not from a church service. Dr. Mike Duffy said, one of the best ways to find good new friends is to volunteer. Because wow. if you go to a soup kitchen and volunteer, if you go to a hospital and volunteer, if, if you volunteer on a serve team at church, guess what? You're going to be volunteering probably with good people. Yeah. Usually jerks aren't feeding the homeless. Usually awful people are not at hospitals. Usually you're not going to be a terrible person then come here on a Saturday and help pass out food. You're usually going to have a little bit of character if you're willing to go out to the parking lot and help people find a place to park. You're usually going to have, if you're going to give up a part of your Sunday to serve the house of God, you're probably going to be a pretty good person. Listen, you want to find better people? Start serving. Because not only are you giving, but now you're surrounding yourself with givers. So you're probably going to find some better friends. You're greeting, you're helping people feel welcome, and they're greeting, they're helping people feel welcome, and all of a sudden it's like, wow, there's actually a connection here. See, um, I've, I've heard it said about marriage, how do I know who I'm supposed to marry? And, and one person said, you run as hard as you can after Jesus, and if you look to your left or you look to your right and someone's keeping up with you, that's probably your spouse. But I want to go even further. How do I choose my friends? You run hard after Jesus. You serve Jesus. You love Jesus. And you look around, he goes, anyone, anyone rolling with me? That's who, your, that's who your friends should be. That is then who you will date, and then eventually that is who you will marry. Okay, lastly, you don't need a lot of friends. You don't need a lot of friends. There was just four of them. So verse 3 says, four men carried this man. The lie of the culture is that you need more friends. The reality is you need the right friends. And once you've, once you've accepted the lie that I need more friends, psychologists say that you go into a space called crowded loneliness. You're not lonely, but you believe the lie that you're alone. Because culture's telling you, you need more friends. You need a bigger circle. You need more, more, more. 
So then you actually feel like a failure. And you've now, you've now entered into psychologically, emotionally, a, a place called crowded loneliness. And you shouldn't be lonely, but you feel lonely because you've believed the lie that you need more friends. And you don't need more friends. You should be friendly to all and friends with a few. I am friendly to all, but I am friends with a very small group of people. I think people would be surprised by how few friends I have. I, I don't have many friends. I have a ton of acquaintances. I know hundreds and hundreds of pastors. I, I love my church family, but then I've, but then I've got that inner circle. You, you don't need many. You need about four that can pick you up and take you where God is calling you to be. The average American has about 35 relationships. And if you attend church, that jumps to a little over 40. Now, those are relationships. But then within that, you need a few. Same value, same direction, same mission, same purpose. That is your, that is your friend group. I have many relationships. I am friendly to all, but I am friends with a few. Proverbs 18.24, the man of too many friends will be broken into pieces and come to ruin. <laughs> Last night, we were sitting down for dinner, and my phone rang, and I didn't pick it up. Because you got to know the levels of loyalty. We got in bed. It was only about 9 o'clock. My phone rang. I didn't pick it up. There's because there's levels. We weren't we weren't talking about anything grand. We were both working in the in the in the bed. I was working on a sermon. Shannon was working on on kids stuff. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't like we were in a deep conversation and the phone rang and I, but I just didn't pick it up because a man with too many friends, you're gonna be broken into pieces. You're gonna be stretched too thin. But there is a true loving friend who is reliable and sticks closer than a brother. So you need a few of those. Hmm. And where does it start? Where does, where does friendship start? It actually starts with friendship with God. The Bible said Abraham believed God. It was accounted unto him as righteousness. This is Romans chapter 4. And he was called a friend of God. Jabin, I want to become a better friend. Become a friend with God. Jabin, I need better friends. Become a friend with God. Because he is the best friend you could ever have. And he will actually teach you how to be a friend. Jesus said in John 15, verse 15, I no longer call you servants. Because servants, they don't know their master's business. I call you friends. Jesus is inviting you into friendship, into relationship, into conversation, into encouragement, into correction, into calling, into your purpose. And maybe you're sitting there today, you don't know Jesus. Maybe you're sitting there today and you're going, I, I, one time I walked with God, I loved God, but I've, I've walked away from the Lord. You can, you can come back right now. You can say yes to this friend who sticks closer than a brother. Yeah. <laughs> a friend 
that kisses his enemies. Remember that when Judas betrayed him? Jesus called him friend, who loved his enemies, who cares for you, who is, who is, who is not impatient and frustrated with you, but is calling you home. And here's what the Bible says. Anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I want to lead you in a prayer right now. We're all going to pray out loud. Right from your seat, you're going to pray out loud. Online, you're going to pray out loud. In correctional facilities, you're going to pray out loud. On the Pando app, you're going to pray out loud. Watching on YouTube months from now, years from now, you're going to pray out loud right now. I want you to pray. And I want you to ask Jesus to become the Lord of your life. Let's all pray together. Everyone out loud, say, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again. So I give you my life. I declare Jesus is Lord of my life. Amen and amen and amen.